From the Multiply family of churches, we are Behind Open Doors, a podcast designed to take you behind the scenes, discovering what it takes to multiply disciples, leaders, and new churches. We're located in the U.S., the Hampton Roads region of Virginia. So visit us at multiplythechurch.com. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. It's been a few weeks, and uh, we're glad to be here. Uh, my name is Caleb Denini, and I am joined today by one of the elders of Little Creek Church, Robert Hogue. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you, Caleb. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are here today because we want to hear uh, stories. I think stories about people uh, who are faithful to the call that God has placed on their lives, and they don't shy away from it. And uh, sometimes the call starts at a very young age. Sometimes the call happens in the middle of maybe their adult life, and sometimes it happens after work is over. And um, today we're going to talk to Robert, and he's going to tell his story about how to use, I hate the term, but we're going to say it, how to use his golden years for the glory of God. Uh, because I'm not going to tell his story. I'm going to let him do that. But but Robert has um, come into the Little Creek Church family really from the very beginning, and he has uh, really dove all in of just getting to know people, loving people well, and serving the Lord and serving others. And so we wanted to tell his story today. So, Robert, let's start out with um, maybe a little bit of your background. You could go a little bit into to childhood. We don't need to know what kind of weather it was on the day you were born, but uh, maybe like your family background that leads you into your work life and then into where you are today. Oh, all right. Um, I was born and raised in Norfolk. Uh, my family is from this area. Uh, we had five kids. My mother and father raised us. Um, my father was a blue-collar worker. Um, uh, my brothers and sisters were all blue-collar workers. Uh, one sister went to college. The rest of us had some college. The rest of us didn't. We went right into a trade. Um, we went to church from time to time, um, Baptist churches mostly. Uh, my mother gave her life to the Lord later on in life. Um, and was praying for us constantly. She was our prayer warrior. Mm. We knew the we knew of the Lord. We didn't have a relationship. Yeah. Uh, most of my brothers and sisters. Gradually, we've all come to the Lord in in the past forty years. We she is. We believe that she was the patriarch that led us there. Absolutely. Um, uh, I worked for four. I I got I got. Well, I worked for forty years in the ship repair business. Uh, over forty years. Um, as I got towards the end of that. About 25 years ago, I started. Know, I knew there was something that I was missing in my life, and it, it was there was. I had no relationship with God. I did. I knew there was a God. I just didn't have a relationship. Um, my wife and I we gave our lives to Christ then, and uh, we haven't looked back since. It's mm. been a a great journey, you know, moving forward. We came to Little Creek right at co right after COVID. Um, the churches shut down. And we knew there was a need. You know, this, that, that was the first time in history that it, 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 churches didn't have Easter service. Right. And so, you know, we, we went to the beach and had a service on the beach with other friends, and, mm. and we did a sunrise service ourselves. We just missed it. We missed that community. Yeah. And when we came here to Little Creek, we heard right. about it we, we, from some friends. We came here the first time. It felt right. We got the gospel. People were welcoming. They wanted to open the church. We did it with masks. We were still moving forward, and 
Oh. You had an American flag mask. I had a American flag I remember mask. that. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I, was, I was a rebellious thing. I was, you know, <laughs> the government, it was, I felt, was shutting us down. And, and the world was shutting us down. Yeah. And uh, it was Satan moving in. And, yeah. And so we, uh, you know, we, we've just felt at home here. Um, I met some some people that I really liked, uh, Justin Sleeper. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the first time that another man had held me account- and I didn't know him very long, and he held me accountable for something. Tell, tell that story because I I, I uh, love that story because I think yeah. that was the that was the starting point to you being not only here present but also here with with accountability. But you took that accountability and you took it as as like, okay, now I'm gonna be authentic. Yeah. And you allowed yourself to be authentic with your faith. And I think it took you from regular church going Christian, like good guy, to becoming a leader in the church, you know. So go ahead and tell that story. Well, I'll go back a little bit. I I was from a big church and it just felt impersonal a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And when we came here, you seen the same faces every week, and you got to know people. You got to know their names quickly, and you, you could build a relationship. It was more like a family. Mm-hmm. So we joined a small group, and um, it was just in a small group. We, 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 were, we were meeting with some of the people prior to coming here, right. and they, we all joined the from group. From the group, right? From the group, and yeah. then we merged with, with Justin and his wife, Jennifer, and it was a great group. Well, I, I was— angry a lot of things were going on in politics and with the shutdown and and so I posted something on Facebook I reposted something on Facebook that wasn't appropriate at the time it, it wasn't it just wasn't a Christian type thing to do yeah. a, you know Christ like thing to do and Justin approached me one day he said hey Robert do you think that was the right thing to do to put that on Facebook like that and it made me go back and think I said wow this guy really cared enough to ask me that if I thought it, and no one had ever done that before. Isn't that you know, interesting? I'm, I'm getting cut. chills right now. Yeah. I, it's kind of weird because it was, you know, out of the clear blue. Yeah. Isn't that interesting that your response was not defense, but in humility it was it was a, a matter of like, wow, I can't believe he cares enough to ask. I think a lot of times we do that. We think people are going to be defensive or we get defensive first, and so therefore we don't confront things. But Justin confronted you in love. Yeah. And you responded in love, and and it was just a to me it was a, it was a beautiful display of the gospel, moving us forward and not not being these hard headed, you know, dudes yeah. that we can tend to be. So yeah. good. As going. bad as it was, I had to go back and look because I don't remember what I posted. I posted so much <laughs> stuff, you know. Some of it was good, some of it was funny, some of it was just it was just dumb. And I went back and looked, and I said, you know, he's right. I, I, and and my wife had she had been on me too, so I have. You know, I got a home and then I had a way. And so um, when I read it and started thinking about it, I said, it's wrong. And so I took the post down and, and, I, and I went to apologize to Justin and I apologized to the group, mm-hmm. this community group. And uh, that made me start thinking people are seeing what you say and do. Mm-hmm. And, and I, wanted, I didn't want people to say, well, that's just I can, be, I can do the same thing he does. He's a Christian. Why can't I do that? You know, and I didn't want to I want to live above reproach. Yeah. And I wanted to have that. You know, do what the, what the Bible says and what Jesus teaches us and walks us through to to do. And I that's, wanted to live like that. That's good. So at that point, you're working, but you're working from home, mm-hmm. so you have a lot of time on your hands. Um, and don't get me wrong; I know the people who work from home work really, really hard all the time. They never take a break. Uh, <laughs> I know that. All right, we all know that. Yeah. But um, you were winding down your career, uh, getting yourself prepared for retirement. Um, what was going through your mind? Uh, even in in your walk with the Lord, but also just in like 
Like, what was going through your mind as you're like, wow, I'm not going to have to get up and go to work anymore. Like, what was that? What was that like? Well, that last two years was, it, it, like you said, I, it was a different job, and I didn't have a lot. I just sat there waiting for emails to come in because I wanted to do something. I didn't like sitting there, right? And I didn't have any work. So, but I knew I was winding down. I, I said, 64 was my plan to retire, and I had left the big ship repair company, you know, a couple years prior to that, and I was doing this as a just as, to, to get me through my re, to Social Security, and uh, I had time to read the Bible. I had more time to spend with the Lord. I'd get out in the backyard and I could sit there and and just in the quietness of the day and and yeah. listen to God and ask Him what He wanted me to do. Well, sometimes God doesn't give you the answers that you want. You think you're, you're you're asking, you're asking. So I just started doing stuff. I just started, you know, leaning, you know, just help asking people what they went they needed help and doing things, and it. I, God led me in that direction. I think he said, you know, I want you to be a servant. I want you to help people. I want mm. you to work for the church if you can, you know, and, and Don and I prayed about it. We talked about it. And so when I retired it, we just, people say, they, t they told me that you're going to be busier now than you retired than you were when you, and it's the truth. You, it? you, you have to keep a schedule now. You, you're busier. If you, if you want to be, you can be lazy and lay around, but if you really want to do stuff, it's out there to do, you'll be busy. So. Can't wait till I retire. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's fun. I, don't get me wrong. It, it's a great time of year. So, life. so you, <clears throat> you, you start. You land, if you will, um, in in retirement, and um, and your your wife still works, right? Yes. And so you definitely have a lot more a honeydew list, I'm sure, of yep. things to do. Um, but but along with that, you have really uh, begun to to gather for yourself, just like a a band of brothers, if you will. Um, can you can you speak to how that came about? With and these are all men from from the church yeah. mostly, but also some who are just from outside the church. So can you speak to how that group came about? Well, we started. I wanted to uh, do some stuff with senior people, you know, men our age that were retired, um, because it, it's hard to do anything with your age. And, and like Justin, you guys are working, and and it's it's a tough um, to get time to do it you have families to raise you know our kids are raised i got grandkids now so it's not as bad and mm -hmm. you know you got a nine to five or whatever it is you're punching a clock and it's you don't have the time so i wanted to find people that were that were so we did a men's breakfast at my house and it was a it, it had a really good turnout we invited people from all over and, and so then we i just said to a couple of the guys I said why don't we just get together for coffee in the morning well coaster coffee is a great place but we were trying to go to another place. So we, I had a couple of guys, we kept meeting there, and they were closed. Every time we'd show up, they were closed. So we ended up going to Coaster, and a couple of us started meeting, and then it became, we invited more people, and we just become a Wednesday morning, 8 o'clock coffee fellowship. It's real, it, we, we pray for one another. We get loud in there sometimes. We have people looking at us, but we, they'll see us praying. We talk about the Word. You know, I try to share a little bit each time we go. Some of the guys do too. But it's mostly just how are you doing, what's going on, you know, in your life, and, you know, what can we pray for you about? And it just, it really just blossomed. And the same, some of the same guys, when we moved over here to Burroughs from the Aviation Institute, you know, there were, we, there were a lot of things that, that, that this church needed help with. So we just formed a team of guys to, to start cutting grass and, and painting and working around the building, and it's grown into a, you know, a pretty good fellowship of, of – uh, it is you guys is you guys's relationship is um it's unique 
you know, uh, I think I think a lot of you got, you all come from very different backgrounds, mm-hmm. you know, and and I <laughs> I once in a while will show up and I, and I hear you guys cutting up with each other and it's like I, I know they're joking, but I you know, <laughs> but they just give each other a hard time, you know, but it's all all in love, all all in in good fun and, and what I love about it is you guys will go do your coffee thing, you know, at you know, at 8 a.m. and then right after that you guys just come on over to the church and start getting to work and um and that group of, of men is a special group of men, and um, and I, I I sat in on I've sat in on a couple of those uh, Wednesday mornings, and um, <clears throat> yeah, it's just a it's a beautiful thing. The thing that I I loved the most was when Pastor Aaron came to that meeting mm-hmm. and sat down with you guys, and uh, you guys just pursued his heart in a way that I don't know that many people have, you know. And he walked away from that telling me he said you have a unique group of of men there like that is an awesome group of guys um and i'm so thankful that you have that and i and i said me too <laughs> i can't imagine our church not having those men in it you know and uh and you were you were the the catalyst of that and that actually got me thinking of like what else has robert done right and so um you again you're retired uh uh, you know, I, I don't want to put a date on it yet, but like you retired and now you're, you're finding things to do. You've done some, you, you, you've always worked with your hands. So you're doing odd jobs, you're doing things to help people, but you're also doing things, uh, you know, on the side, um, to, to make some money. And, and there's a, a young man who, um, you know, sometimes just needs help getting off the couch and getting some work done. And, yeah. and you, you've helped him, you, yeah. you pay him to help you, um, to, to build decks and, and all yeah. those kinds of things. And, all of that is, is with a servant's heart. And so what have you done? What, what did you do when you were at Aviation Institute helping out there with the church? And how has that role really transitioned from serving on a Sunday there with, with what you did versus what you're doing now over at Burroughs helping out? Hmm. Well, when we got to Aviation Institute, it, it, we saw the, the amount of work it took to set up that thing. The first Sunday we were there, I mean, it was a a massive amount of work to set up the service in the morning. So the first thing we did was we dove in. We said, the wife and I, we were talking. I said, I want to help these guys. I want to be part of this setup team. And she has a heart for um, welcoming and stuff like that. So she worked on the door, and and she's done coffee ministry and stuff. But um, I just talked to people, saw a need, what we need to get done, and and we just volunteered to help and and, uh, try to – engage other people to come in and, and help us and to do these things. And uh, we, we, we put signs up out front. We sunk poles in the ground, then we lost them. <laughs> it was, that was a, a fiasco. But <laughs> we sunk poles where you could put them back every week and would have to keep digging holes and drive them in. And, and so we did that. We've done, uh, we arranged rooms. We cleaned up, you know, whatever we could do to help out. What I, what I want our listeners to hear is you didn't wait for approval. You didn't wait for someone to tell you what to do. You saw a need and you filled it, mm-hmm. you know, and there, cause you know, in a lot of churches, there's a lot of needs and sometimes people just wait around for someone to tell them what to do. And one of the things that you guys did from the very beginning was just stepped in and started doing it. And then, and then you would ask, usually it was a, Hey, is this okay? You know? <laughs> yeah. And it was like, yes, yeah. Yes, please keep doing this. Yeah. This is very, very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then it, actually, you were one of the ones who created the culture of of people helping without needing approval. Mm-hmm. You know, you just just helping and doing. And and then 
people started to watch you do it, and then they started to, to kind of do it themselves, and then it kind of became an infectious thing of, like, when our churches get together with Multiply, Little Creek is usually the people that are that are setting up and tearing down and, and helping out because it's just kind of who we are and what we do, and it's because of people like you who just stepped in and started started doing it. So we get, we get out of—we are no longer at the Aviation Institute um, as of July of 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, we move over into a traditional Baptist church building um, that really— Probably hasn't had a lot, and I don't. There's no need to say anything super negative. And just in that, um, it is an older congregation, and the building has not been able to be kept up as well as probably it needed to. So it, it's yep. needed a lot of of work. Can you describe some of the things that you've done since? Like we had to do some things to get into the yep. building first. Can you describe some of that, and then kind of what you've done since then to help? Well, what was sad was I was I had volunteered to to go to do a camp host job at a, a state park when the, the week, the month of the move. So I couldn't be here for the move. So what I tried to do was prior to it was set things up where it would make it easier for everyone when they were making the move. We put Connex boxes, we got them, we ordered them, we got them delivered, we leveled them up in the back. Um, we got a storage building. We moved a lot of the stuff that we knew that it would, and you helped move some of the toys that we wanted to get them moved so they wouldn't be damaged and tore up because people get heavy handed. And so we did all the moving, the setting up prior. And then when the guys came in, the first thing they did was the carpet in the room. Well, I wasn't involved in it. I heard, I saw the text. I heard the conversations. I was sad. I sat at the, at the camp up there at night going, man, I wish I could be there with the guys. I just wanted to be, just be there for the fellowship or just, even though I couldn't help, but putting the floor tiles down and I, I knew the struggles they were going through and, and I'd done that kind of work before. And so I really missed it. So we, 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 after that was over, I came back and then we saw needs for like painting the fellowship hall needed to be painted we, you know, there's, it's, it was just dingy. Um, the bathrooms needed to be painted. We did some painting in there, the front of the church. Um, we had one of the guys that's in our group. He, he just cut, that's mine. I'm going to tear that front up. I'm going to paint that front of that church. I want them doors. I want it. He's an ex-painter, so he really wanted to get on that. So we talked with Burroughs leadership and, and uh, talked with Caleb and, and or talked with you and, and, and got permission to, to do it. We got staging from uh, Eric down at Ocean View and uh, Sherwood. He helped us out getting the staging up here. And we got a group of guys and we had some younger guys come up on a Saturday and help and we got it sanded and painted and it and uh, the front of the church looks, we pressure washed it, it looks brand new. It mm-hmm. looks, even from a distance, even though the wood's old and it's beat up, it looks so much cleaner and nicer. We pressure washed the sidewalks. And that, well, that was one of the things. And then one of the other things we did was uh, one of the members donated a lawnmower to us. And it needed some work, so we, I got in my garage and, and uh, overhauled the carburetor, talked with Justin. We Justin's a mechanic, cool guy. And we went over some, talked about some scenarios and, we put new lawnmower blades on it and got it running. And so we started coming up here and I got a team together and, and we turned it over to a younger guy to be in charge of the team. And we're going to be his hands and, and he tells us what he wants to do and we'll cut it and, yeah. and you know, we'll work up here for him during the, cause we're here during the week. We can right. get off where these guys are working and we don't want them up here at seven o'clock at night cutting grass right. when we could do it at 10 in the morning and, and it makes it easier for everybody. Right. So. No, that's interesting because I, I, and the reason I ask you all these questions is like not just to hear about the, the logistics of what you've done, but what what I hear in every story is how you brought somebody alongside you, 
You did things with people. You you brought people in to serve with you. You did not just come up here and do a whole bunch of things by yourself and say, ah, I got to get these things done because the church wants me to. There was no huffing and puffing. It was, we're going to do this in fellowship. We're going to do this in love. We're going to do this. Um, and you always say this, and I don't even think you realize that you say it is, we're doing this to serve the Lord. Exactly. Like, we're doing this to serve the Lord first, and then in doing so, we get to serve Burroughs, which is our host, you know, and we also get to serve our community. And uh, speaking of community, I wanted to to hear about what, what have you done the last two years, I believe, um, to help out with our affordable Christmas store. We're kind of coming into the Christmas season here. Uh, and so what have you done with the kind of the uh, the community outreach portion of our, of our affordable Christmas store? Well... Jennifer approached me, her and Justin, about putting some boxes out in some of the locations to for toy boxes so that people could put toys in. And the first year, I said, okay, I'll do it. And it, it, it went pretty good. It was, it's, sometimes it's hard to go ask people for things. But yeah. most of the, a lot of these places I'd been in before, I, I, it was, I was a familiar face to some of them. So we put the boxes out, uh, the wife and I, and, and uh, it we got a good turnout. People were putting toys in, and, and um, so it was helping the store. It relieved, you know, Jennifer and Justin from having to go do it, and so I had more time to do it. So this in this past year, um, and we try to develop relationships. We want to let meet the people where they are, yeah, you know, like Jesus did. He just went out and met them, met the people where they were at, and so that's what we did. It, and uh, we've developed some good relationships, and we got a new one this year, and. Uh, Talk you've about been, that. You've been involved. There was a, a little sports bar across the street. It's a pool hall, dark place, and, you know, um, it's brand new. The old place moved out, and this young lady bought it. So we, I just, I was going to say, I'm going to, oh, excuse me, I was going to put a box over there. So I went, up, went over to meet her, talk to her about putting a box over, and she wasn't there. And I met her mother and some of the waitresses that had been there, and they said how kind-hearted she was. So I told them what we were doing, what church we were from, and, and they were interested, and they seemed really receptive. So I went back and met her, and she kept asking me, what do you want? And, we, and I said, well, we need help at this, you know, with this. So she explained what she did in the community. She was a local lady here. She's, I was born and raised here, went to some of the same schools that some of the people at our church went to in high school and all. Um, She's got a connection with, with you know, with her daughter plays uh, softball with one of the teams over in, um, in Norfolk. So she has a connection with the community. So she said she would help us. And what I, what I love that she said was, she said, I live in the community, in the 23518 community. My, you know, my daughter goes to school in the community. I have a business in the community, and all of our curricular, extracurricular activities are in this community. So, we, if you're for our community, then we want to be for our community with, alongside you, which was really neat. So, we didn't try to push anything on her. I didn't try to push religion down her throat or anything. Just we just went over lovingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin and Jen went with us the, another night. The next the next time we went, and met with her. It brought tears to my eyes talking to her because she was so receptive and she really wanted to help, genuinely help the kids. It's not so much she's helping our church, but she wanted to help the children. And so she's developed a relationship with, with, with Jen and Jess, Justin, Jennifer and Justin, Justin and Don and I, and then you went over and met her now. Um, we have other people been going over eating lunch and, um, and getting hot wings and stuff over there. So we're, it's a partnership that we're forming 
and we're going to share the gospel little yeah. bits in there. So when three grown men go over and they get a hamburger and they bow their heads and say grace in the mm -hmm. in the place, and people look at you when you look up, and they're smiling at you, you know that they're not bad people, and right. they just they just don't know God and they don't right. know Jesus, and so that's what we're we're going to be the light yep. in this neighborhood here for them. That's really good. And then what are some aspirations that you have in this community that you want to do? Uh, moving forward with uh, the Mail. yeah, go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, I'd like to. For, we, we approached Tom from Burroughs about having the Christmas Eve service because we were, as we, you and I talked, and, and you gave me said it was okay if I ask him, and he agreed to let us have the Christmas Eve service here. We would host it. They were going to have one, but we're going to host it, and they're going to just come in and, and relax and enjoy the service because they're doing their Christmas Day service. So um, he's agreed to it. We're, we're, I know we're working that, but we want to get the word out to the neighborhood here. There are hundreds of homes behind this church that have never been, that I know of from this church, or Little Creek or Burroughs have, have been, you know. Engaged. Engaged. So we're going to get some door hangers, just, just hangers. We're not going to go knock on doors. We want to take the men, get some coffee in the morning, and we're just going to walk around. And some of the women even said, hey, we want to come too. So we might do it on a Saturday. Yeah. So we're going to walk around and just hang the door, hangers on the doors, and just invite them to a Christmas Eve service. If we see someone, we'll talk to them. If they want to talk, we'll talk to them. And then across the street, we were told that it was mostly Catholic and they don't want to get involved. But I know that's not the truth because I have Christian friends that live over there I used to go to church with in other churches. Hmm. So I know there's more than just Catholic. And and, we, and they can come here too. My wife was Catholic, you know. She yeah. she was a converted. So I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. so what I what I'm hearing, and um, I you know we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up here in a minute. But what I'm hearing from you, Robert, is that you are using. You're not letting retirement be for retirement from from employment, be retirement from life. Yeah. Exactly. Right. You're letting. You're letting that time of your life of, of, of work be over so that you can start something new. Mm -hmm. And and that's really why I wanted to have this conversation because I if I'm if I'm being I'm gonna give you some some shout outs, if you will. Um, if I'm being perfectly frank, I've not seen anyone do it as well as you have. I've not seen anyone do it be as grace filled as you have and as humble as you have to to say I don't have it all figured out I'm 64 65 years old I I don't know it all yet but what I do know is that our God is a big God who needs to be needs to be told to this community and we're going to do that in any way shape or form that we can and we're going to do so alongside fellow believers we're going to be in community going into the community to share the love of Jesus Christ and that is what's on on the forefront of your mind and your heart and I just wanted to to capture that story because I believe that it resonates with people and uh, I just want people to I want you to give get the last word to be able to share with people who are kind of on the fence of like, I don't, I don't know, like, sounds like he's got it all figured out. I don't have it all figured out. What would be some practical things that you could tell people who are in your same boat of, you know, not working anymore, uh, but you're still, you're still perfectly healthy. You've got, you've had your, your, some health issues, but you're, mm -hmm. you're a healthy man who is perfectly capable of building decks and you know and working with your hands and like even though even if you don't want to <laughs> i'm tired <laughs> yeah. tired yes yeah. but capable still 
What kind of uh, word of encouragement could you give to to those people who are listening to to the podcast? Well, I want to say something else. Part of the reason I did this at this church here is because I I seen a need. You, you have young men who have raising families, and I said that before. You know, you have five daughters. It, it's hard to find time to do anything. So if Amen. guys my age, you know, and, and and I know Justin's got two sons and he's got a house, he's you know doing major construction project, and it's hard to find time to do it. And if I can make carve out time during, during my day, which I really don't have anything, most of things planned, you know, <laughs> oh, get a haircut, you know, things like that. But <laughs> um, if I can take that and relieve that from you guys at church here by doing these things to help out, it, it gives you guys a more chance to focus on your families. Because my family's grown, my kids are grown. I have grandkids now, so it gives you a chance that you get that focus and yeah. and and spend that time with them. Because that's what the Bible tells us to do. To, you know, raise a you know family. You have right. to do that. Um, now, what was the question again? <laughs> Just how? What kind of encouragement can you give to to yeah. other men who are in yeah. your shoes? Okay. Um, stay in the Word. Mm. For get up in the, early in the morning. You know, we, we don't sleep in. Get up and find a purpose. There's a purpose for you out there. And it could be just playing golf every day if that's what your purpose is. But God God gives us a calling and gives us a, the strength and energy. Get up and pray in the morning, stay in the Word, and ask God, where do you want me to, to lead me to? And and that's, and that's and he, He'll show you. And then then look around and look for a need. See, look at your local church, or if you're, you're here at Little Creek, look around and see. If you see trash on the ground, pick it up. If you see that a light switch is bad, ask somebody about how to get that fixed. Or, you know, just look. Open your eyes and look, and, and uh, God will show you. God will put you in the right direction, and he'll, he will, you know, give you that. But you need to get that. Start your day off with, with God, first of all. That's, that's the best thing you can do. That's good. Praise God. Well, Robert, thanks again for coming in and uh, being a part of the, the podcast with us. And uh, thank you all for, for listening to this. And uh, you've been listening to Behind Open Doors podcast, where we take you behind the scenes, discovering what it takes to multiply disciples, leaders, and new churches. Let the word dwell richly in you, and may God multiply your efforts for the kingdom.